This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Hey, this is Jimmy Mack from Rebel Force Radio. Besides Star Wars, if you're itching to dive deep into all things geek, park your speeder right here at the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. And may the Force be with you always. All right. Thank you, Jimmy Mack, for that wonderful intro. If you want more Jimmy Mack, get yourself over to Rebel Force Radio, the number one Star Wars fan podcast. And we'll be seeing a lot more of Jimmy and the boys this July 10th, along with Dominic Pace over at Alley Cat Comics in the Andersonville neighborhood here in Chicago. Come check us out for our very own ScarifCon 2021, three years in a row, hosted oh so graciously by our friends over at Alley Cat Comics here in Chicago. Hope you'll join us there. Uh, there'll be quite a few people from the Red 5 Network, the only network left alive worth the damn. But all joking aside, let's get down to business. Episode 70, another Quick Cuts show. Remember, three topics, three opinions, and a whole lot of fun. It's time for the scuttlebutt. Let's get down, let's get down to business. Let's just get down to the nitty gritty. Thank you guys for joining us here on another episode of the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast for another Quick Cuts episode. So uh, we've been doing these Quick Cut episodes that are a lot of fun. Uh, three topics, 30 minutes. Uh, we talk about the topics and see what we come up with. But uh, today we have a special guest, another member of our wonderful Red 5 Network DJ, what's going on? How are you doing? Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. I am doing absolutely fantastic. Another day to talk about some cool fandoms. So, yeah. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Joining me uh, in the warm weather, <laughs> the beautiful Miami is uh, Chantel Skywalker. Speaking of beautiful, how are you, my dear? Pretty good for a Monday. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and for some reason, I'm wearing a hoodie. And that's okay. <laughs> The, some of the best uh, emperors wear hoodies. Yes, yes. So I don't blame you. Feeling a little uh, dark side power there, Shanti? I yes. Think, uh, <laughs> absolutely. That's that's our girl. Are you threatening me, Master Jedi? The Senate will decide your fate. DJ, you came up with some uh, some pretty good quick cut uh, topics, and uh, I think we're going to have fun with these. Um, last week, we, we had fun, definitely, with, uh, with those quick cut topics, and um, this one is uh, no different. So explain to us, uh, we're going to go one at a time. Uh, there's a lot to unpack here. They're 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 kind of they're great topics. So uh, let's go with the first one, which uh, is very fascinating, and it's something that you know you think about all the time when we have people arguing back and forth about uh, you know the sequel trilogy, the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy, all these trilogies. But uh, there's so many opinions and so many voices, uh, you know, going back and forth. Um, I have a feeling that we'll never stop arguing as fans about what's up with the trilogies but you had a very interesting take on the trilogies can you uh tell us a little bit about that yeah i was actually uh talking with a co-worker of mine about um the different trilogies and he was explaining why he enjoyed the prequel trilogy uh more than any of the other ones and i was like well that's interesting you know why was that and he's like well you know 
it, uh, it it had more production value, but the story was uh, was still there, and it was still George Lucas. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I'm like, what'd you think of you know, say the sequel trilogy? Uh, since uh, you know it had the most production value, it caused the most to make those films. Uh, and he was like, well, you know what? That's uh, kind of on the uh, low end. I, I prefer the original trilogy. I'm like, even though it has less production value, since that was his criteria for liking the prequel trilogy. And I, he's like, yeah, but it was still written by George Lucas, just didn't have that. And so I started reaching out to different people, and you know, they were sharing the same things, that uh, – the favorite overwhelmingly was the original trilogy, but it had the least amount of production value. It didn't cost mm-hmm. near as much to make those, but those are overwhelmingly the favorites, then followed by the prequel trilogy, and then finally the sequel trilogy. So I just thought that was an interesting you know, uh, take on it, is that uh, even though it has the most production, it doesn't necessarily translate into the fan favorites. Just because it has great graphics or... Uh, great special effects doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be the most liked. And it's interesting case in point. I mean, obviously, you know, growing up with the original trilogy and the subsequent trilogies, you know, I've heard George Lucas say, you know, a movie with high end special effects is is nothing without a great story. Mm-hmm. And George Lucas has said that I you know, truly believe, you know, obviously there can be kind of a balance uh, of the two. But uh, the fact that people pick up on that is is interesting. Shanti, what do you think? I, I, the prequel trilogies came out when I was, what, 12, 13. So I essentially grew up with the original trilogy, too. And I will always love the original trilogy out of everything that they pump out. And it is for that reason. I actually do like... I like I like the days of sets, old sets and things sure. like that. I don't like all that CGI and I actually made a point not that long ago where I said, you know, CGI is like makeup, you know, it's meant to enhance. So if you use it too much and you cake it on, it's a disaster. Mm-hmm. So I personally like the old style simplicity to me is always best. And really for that time it wasn't even simple, but to us it looks simple, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not. Yeah. So it's the old, uh, the old adage: uh, lipstick on a pig is still a pig, right? <laughs> Less is more. Yeah. Less right. is more. And it is true. I mean, you know, he had to. George had to kind of uh, piecemeal, you know, the, the the ships and some of the props. Uh, we all know where all that stuff came from, and it was very mm-hmm. low tech. Uh, not a lot of, uh, you know, ILM obviously was a fledgling company uh, trying to make these special effects work for this film that nobody knew if that was going to work. But, um, and now, you know, we've got the sequel trilogy that is, you know, top of the line, high end, state of the art, special effects. But it, you know, it gets flack for whatever reason. And I think most of it is obviously, you know, people say, oh my God, The Last Jedi looks fantastic. I'm like, it better for $200 million. <laughs> um, but that, you know, that's, that's a, where where else do you see kind of that um, that that battle between the the OG and the the pre prequel trilogy, um, as far as story goes? I mean, you know, you're right. Some of your coworkers said that you know George Lucas was still kind of involved, um, but I, I, I forgot who I was talking uh, about this. You know, the the aspect of bringing you know George into the mix uh, in the prequel trilogy obviously was his story, uh, but there was something missing. 
I always feel like there's something missing in the sequel trilogy that uh, that has that magical spark. I don't know what it is that you want to call it, the George Lucas, you know, thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people, you know, discussed as discussed this even a couple of years ago. Uh, when people were asking, well, why don't we just bring George Lucas back? And then people were giving, still giving him shit for, for some of the ideas that he had for the the sequel trilogy and how, you know, maybe that would wouldn't have been too much of a great idea too. But you, you know, we're never gonna know because those movies will never get made. Um, maybe one day we'll read about it, but um, it's still an interesting thing. And he can't win. He can't win. Yeah, can he? he right. cannot win. Man. Yeah, Absolutely. I, it, uh, it, it kind of goes along with uh, another topic. And, you know, and we'll just say, you know, look at uh, Jurassic Park mm-hmm. uh, and just the evolution that uh, those movies have come. A lot of people are, you know, uh, they're okay with uh, the second or the second set of movies. Uh, but you know they still hold near and dear to those original trilogies, uh, and possibly because the same you know same type of thing. It's those practical effects that no one has ever seen that type of thing before. Yeah, um, you know as far as the effects, you know Shanti, you said it. Sometimes more is le- uh, you know less, less is, is more, more. Um, but. You know the the stories are timeless. I mean, whatever you know, whatever whatever effects that were made for the original trilogy, I think you know the story is really what captivated you know people. And obviously, Star Wars was uh, you know broke the mold when it came to special effects and 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 things like that. But I think the reason, one of the biggest reasons we're still talking about it decades later, is because the story touched us on such a deep level. Mm-hmm. It's not you know it's not that the effects were great. Uh, you know, obviously a lot of the effects now that we kind of look into from the original trilogy, you can kind of see that they're a little bit dated. Um, a little bit. You know, they, they still kind of hold up because it's, 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 these are kind of narratives that were taking place in a galaxy far, far away, and we, we don't know the difference, right? <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, um, it's really interesting. I, I think that's a, a great topic. What else about that? Uh, kind of struck you when you when you, when you guys were talking about that, DJ. Uh, well, just you know how true that it was, and uh, I I was having similar thought thoughts about you know the original trilogy, but I wasn't sure if it was just a, a story aspect. I didn't know if it was uh, just because it was something new that had really hadn't been seen before, as far as. Um, the production, not necessarily value, but the way that it went about. Uh, previously in uh, sci-fi movies, you could watch the, you know, the ships go across the screen. You still see the wires, you know, as it's being drugged across. And you know, it's, so when you actually get a movie that's that old, I mean, I say old, but it's you know, I'm a little bit older than that. Uh, but you finally, without the guide wires getting it across the screen and just the care that they took and the ingenuity, uh, you know, it's like Disneyland and mm-hmm. you, know, you, you get lost inside that world and you don't really care about how they did it. It's just mm-hmm. there and you're like completely sucked in and surrounded by it. 
And I will say that we're not taking away uh, from the incredible work that the artisans at ILM, uh, you know, did uh, for the sequel trilogy. It's obviously it looks beautiful. I joked around about it, you know, a couple minutes ago. You know, it looks fantastic. Of course, it does for two hundred million dollars, but it, it it really does look great. Cinematography, mm-hmm, it you know, it's top top notch. Everything is is top notch. It's just that somewhere in there, uh, you know, for whatever reason, the sequel trilogy is. is you know, we all know how divisive the middle movie was, and you know the 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 last chapter of the Skywalker saga also very questionable. So it's it's interesting uh, how these movies are just you know they they affect people in such different ways. You know, from Star Wars in '77 all the way to Rise of Skywalker to to end it all. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was just an interesting thought and. Um, you know, it was funny that uh, when you were talking about it in uh, in the chat that uh, that I had just talked about it, uh, and I was like, "Well, that'd be you know an interesting thing to bring up and see what you guys thought." And Chantel, I, I you know we we talk about uh, we chat with Frank often, you know, about movies and things like that. And I know you are a huge movie buff. Um, uh, you know, we we talked about the difference between movies and film, yeah, per se, but. You know these, you know these uh, little sci-fi movies, these little san- uh, fantasy movies have really, you know, like I said, just broken the mold. Everybody who listens to us knows, you know, if you're not, if you're listening to us and haven't seen Star Wars, I don't know what the hell you're listening to us for. But <laughs> it's, um, you know, nowadays I think what's missing. What are some of the aspects of filmmaking that you miss from the old days? And now that you're not that you're as old as us uh, old fogies up top here. But what are some of the elements that really excite you when you when you watch a movie, when you watch a film? Oh man, what a question! Exactly, and I, I, I want I <sighs> want to preface this too by saying, you know, obviously when you watch a movie, you know, years later, you don't say, "Wow, that you know, that space battle was so cool." I mean, there's <laughs> something else about a memorable film that makes it memorable. It's you know, nine times out of ten, it's not the special effects. Although, you know, some special effects are iconic, but as, you know, as podcasters, as as film fans, we see, you know, different quotes that are memorable. We see different scenes that are memorable. We see all aspects of of the movies that we love as geeks, as nerds. Um, Nine times out of ten, it's really not a special effect. It's more of the core of that story. But what is it about films that, that excite you? It's 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 everything. It's absolutely everything. When I sit down and I watch a movie, and if you ever go to to the movie theaters with me, you'll see like by the end, I'm usually like sitting like this at the edge of my seat, no matter what kind of movie it is. And I'm just staring because I'm looking at the acting. I'm listening to the movie. I am thinking about the cinematography. How did they achieve this? How did they do that? I'm looking at the, I'm looking at all the moving parts that make up this one movie, you know what I mean? And something that to point, uh, to go back to something that DJ said, actually, uh, one of the things, one of the reasons why I tend to actually like movies more from the past than I do now is because I can get lost in it as opposed to now where I'm feeling like I'm distracted by it. Uh, there's a reason why I love black and white so much. And there's it's actually something that I recently discussed with my parents because of the pandemic. They've been on a TCM kick 
So they've just been watching old movies like crazy. And my dad brought up a really good point. He's like, man, I love the good old days of black and white. You're not distracted by the color of the costumes. You are completely 100% focused on the story. You're focused on the words coming out of the actor's mouth. And I thought, what a refreshing thing to say. And I was like, I 100% agree with that. But it's it's the magic of it. It's it's the escape of reality. You want to there. You find yourself wanting to hang out with these characters. You wish that they were real. It's the friends that you probably have always wanted. It's the family maybe you've always wanted. Like to me, movies have always been an escape for me. And it's just a magical thing. I can't really explain it. I really can't. Yeah, definitely. With me, you don't have to explain it because I, I feel you. I know what you mean. And exactly. if you love sci-fi, for instance, I you have to sit down and you have to watch the movie Metropolis from 1937, I believe. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's what inspired the look of C-3PO. And I sat down, watched that movie for two hours and 45 minutes, I think is what it is. I was more impressed by that movie and the achievement of that movie than I was by the latest Star Wars movies. What does that tell you? Yeah. Wow. What does that tell you? Yeah. Yeah. That impresses me more. That's why I say I will never find any movie cheesy from the past. I just won't. Because to me, it'll always be an achievement for that decade. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. The the ability to be transported uh, without distraction and completely immersed into it. It's uh, a talent. uh, Yeah. And it's almost a lost art. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, yeah. Talk about Lost Art. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, real fast, I'll mention how, you know, it seems like uh, movies nowadays have this formula where, you know, the end is just, you know, let's see how big of an explosion we can make. Mm-hmm. And and I hate that. It's a I science experiment. It, yeah, I, I, I see it all over the place. Yeah. Look at Tim Burton. Tim Burton is one of my favorite directors, and I can't watch any of his new stuff anymore. Mm. I cannot. I can only watch his movies from the 80s and the 90s. Because once he got a hold of CGI, like everybody else, <laughs> it went to shit. I'm sorry. It just did. Yeah. Ugh, wow. That Alice in Wonderland movie. <laughs> Less is more. <laughs> Less, Less is more. Is more. Before we get to the next topic, I just want to chime in and uh, remind everybody, if anybody is going to be in the Chicagoland area on Saturday, July 10th, we are having ScarifCon. Come and meet local Chicago pods like uh, our friends over at WSTR, Galactic Public Access. We got Greg from the Rebel Base card. Uh, come and meet, obviously, uh, Mr. Dominic Pace, who was Gecko in The Bounty Hunter, uh, Gecko the Bounty Hunter in The Mandalorian. He is doing his wonderful Support Small Business Tour 2021, and he's making a stop here in the Windy City Saturday, July 10th, 2021 at Alley Cat Comics in the Andersonville neighborhood. There's a whole bunch of Red Fivers that are showing up, so uh, come join us, have some fun, and uh, chat with Dominic Pace. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hey, what's up, podcast family? Ro here. Just wanted to give our patrons a heartfelt thank you. Wonderful folks who have found it in their hearts to support the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. 
We're super lucky to have you. Folks like Amanda, Jedi Caligula 89, Joey Rosales, The Salty Crew, Alex and Matt, super fan of many of the pods on the Red 5 Network, Backyard Tardis, Nicholas Schaefer, what's up Nick? Chad at Hyperspace and Holocrons, Jay from Florida, and our newest patron, Frank V. Big thanks and a returning patron in the executor tier, 97 Bravo. Huge respect, my friend. We thank you all for your support. And if you want to become more involved in the Scare of Scuttlebot community and feel like becoming a patron, head over to patreon.com slash scare of scuttlebutt. Remember, we can't have the scuttle without the butt. And don't forget, it's always sunny on Scarif with patrons like you. What's the deal with dinosaurs, DJ? You know, we, we've gotten um, so I, we've gotten off to a really great start in June because uh, our friends over at the Salty Nerd Podcast uh, remind us every single day that is Dinosaur Month. Uh, what do you think about that, DJ? Well, uh, again, it was uh, you know, something that I was uh, thinking about recently. And I was standing in line getting in ready to go through the uh, queue to the, the new Velocicoaster at uh, Universal. Ooh. And uh, just as a plug, it is an absolutely amazing ride. Best road coaster I've been on. But uh, the as you're going through, you turn around the corner and you hear this gruff sound. And you look over... And there are three velociraptors that are up against the wall, and it's the it's their heads. And if you remember from uh, Jurassic World, uh, when they're at, they already finished their little race through the paddock, and uh, Chris Pratt shows off what they can do, and uh, Vincent D'Onofrio is like, "Man, we could really do something with these guys," and. Uh, and he walks over, and then they're all lined up, and they have like the little muzzle cage on. And he's like, "Well, can I oh. touch him?" And Is he that reaches the, the picture you out. shared with us. Uh, that, that, that picture that you shared—they're all they're in the uh, like the head cage thing. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, uh, so that's basically what you walk into, and nice. you can reach your hand out and and touch them. And they'll move. Oh, that is awesome. The eyes are moving. You know, you can hear them breathing. You can see their uh, structure underneath. You know, you you know that it's animatronic, but you're so absolutely taken away by it. And that got me thinking of you know the uh, the other you know the old days where it was claymation. You know, Mm -hmm. and they would move the dinosaur, take a picture, pose it, and just the uh, the way that they've gone about it, and with the practical effects from the original Jurassic Park on, uh, you know, the the T Rex that didn't really work right. It had the Bruce effect from you know Jaws. It just Jaws, got yeah. you know waterlogged <laughs> because of you know the scenes that they were shooting, and it just mm-hmm. uh, it, it just didn't work right. Uh, to the Triceratops that's sick, and you know, and it's breathing up and down, and you know, then you have the CGI of the bronchiosauruses and, you know, it, just how far they've come with it. And I was so excited to actually see that that close, that movie magic right there as you're walking by and talk about something that makes you fully immersive. 
as you're standing in line to get, you know, to this coaster. And then you have the, all the, the cast members are there and they all have their particular speeches that they do. And yeah, it was, it was absolutely fantastic, fully immersive, but such a long way in a relatively short time mm. that they come to make these effects as yeah. realistic as they are. It's uh, it, breathtaking. We uh we have to do a a, a show about that um, with uh, Hyperion uh, podcast. They uh, I think they they just came back from vacation uh, in uh, Florida, and uh, I was watching a video of the uh, Camp Avengers and how they made the uh, the animatronic Spider Man that swings overhead. I was amazed. I thought that was like a stunt guy. Apparently it's not. It's like uh, it's like a, a robot device that gets flung over the uh, the set cool. and make and, and it's Spider Man. They they you know the robot's got the legs and it does the the catapult the swing and it lands safely in a net and then that's when the actor kind of you know takes over and, and comes down the <laughs> wall. I just thought that was amazing and yeah you're right the technology for theme parks has co- has come uh, a long way. We should definitely do a, an episode on that. Yeah, and, Sh- and Shanti, you live right there. <laughs> I know. I was actually, uh, I saw, I hadn't seen it yet. And finally, I sat down and looked it up on YouTube, uh, the Velocicoaster. And I was like, oh, man, I got vacation in July for my birthday. I was like, <laughs> I may have to go up there. I'll brave the heat. I said I would never go back to Orlando in the summer ever again. But I was like, man, I think I might have to brave it out for this one. It's been a long time since I've been on a roller coaster. I used to love them. So I gotta, I have to, I have to, have yeah. to ride this one. Totally, take uh, yeah, definitely take some take some video. I tried that. They uh, they, oh, they won't let you. Put, they won't let you. <laughs> no, uh, and I don't know how because uh, I had my GoPro, everything. I had I had the the chest strap all ready to go, oh, wow. and but they run you through a metal detector. Mm. And I'm like, oh, all right. Well, you know, it's like I'm trying to do this podcast. I'm I'm trying to you know take some video be great publicity and they're like well yeah no not for this ride and everywhere i went they're they're like yeah no no videoing on the ride and oh, anything wow. coaster ish uh you know they run run people through uh metal detectors and uh you have to store it in personal lockers so oh, wow Ooh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Some people get a, yeah. That the, there's got to be some sort of petition or something for you know waiver or something that they have to sign. I, I don't know yet. Uh, hopefully next time I'll be able to yeah. uh, to do that. But that I tried every cool. ride to get on uh, to uh, takes at least a little bit of video. So mm-hmm. That's weird. wow, yeah. So, you know, getting back to it, I mean, you know, what makes a dinosaur so special? I, uh, you know, we, we obviously put that out there on uh, Twitter. Dinosaurs are very popular. I mean, uh, we've got uh, one of our uh, followers, Vader Rapina, been a favorite subject of mine since I was three. In first through third grade, I was called Dr. Dinosaur by the principal of my school. Now, that's, uh, that's a pretty wicked <laughs> that's uh, nickname. That's pretty cool. But play with plastic dinosaurs in in school uh out in the play yard so they're fascinating uh you know fascinating topic and um 
you know, thank you, uh, Mr. Spielberg, for kind of uh, bringing dinosaurs back into the uh, mainstream as far as uh, you know Jurassic Park goes. But uh, Shanti, what do you what do you think about dinosaurs? You love them? I love them, and I love the <laughs> fact that they actually existed. That is what gets me: is that wow, this is yeah. something that literally roamed this earth. And I even had a lamp as a little little girl. It was a like a lamp cover and it had little dinosaurs on it. And when I was at school and elementary, I always remember running to the library to get the dinosaur tracing book, like to trace dinosaurs. So I've wow. loved dinosaurs for a long time. I just always thought they were really fascinating. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, I've never met anyone that didn't like dinosaurs. <gasps> yeah, Ross Geller. <laughs> <laughs> the the crazy thing is is some of my favorite things have always been dinosaurs, uh, transformers. Uh, when I was growing up, were the biggest things. My favorite transformers were all the mm -hmm. Dinobots. I oh, absolutely yeah. love them. Makes sense. Oh, and you know it was like the co best combination: transformers and dinosaurs. I mean, how can you lose? Absolutely. I grew up on Fantasia. The whole Rite of Spring section uh, is all dying. I love that entire montage. It's so beautifully animated. It's yes. amazing. I don't remember the name of the actual movie, but Don Bluth uh, directed... Uh, <gasps> the Land Before, Land Before Time. Yeah. yeah. Littlefoot. Mm -hmm. yeah. Traumatized <laughs> as a child. I haven't watched that movie since I was a kid because it's too yeah, totally. damn sad right i can't and, and people complain <laughs> I'm about, about to cry just thinking about it I know. Uh, here, here's an interesting fact about that movie george lucas was actually an executive producer on the land really it's true interesting I, I had that over here somewhere i totally forgot <laughs> it was right yeah it was floating right in there it traumatized yeah. me so much i blocked it out <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> But that's fantastic. Yeah, dinosaurs uh, definitely hold a special place in... Uh, I wonder if it's, you know, because we're nerds and we love Jurassic Park and sci-fi and stuff like that, I wonder if dinosaurs uh, are special for, like, regular people, too. You I think would say yes. Yeah, yeah I, I would. would think so. I would okay. think so. I mean, when, is... I, when Islands of Adventure got built, I mean, Jurassic Park was definitely one of the islands that was always the mm. most packed, so... Cool. Which yeah. they did a great job with that section. Yeah, the uh, Museum of the Natural History mm -hmm. uh, at uh, the Smithsonian uh, that has a lot of the uh, dinosaur um, fossils and whatnot uh, is one of the more packed ones as well, or at least it was when I lived there. So, um, yeah, it's so it, it's so cool to be able to walk through and actually see how immense these things actually were. Mm -hmm. Dino power. Excellent. And last but not least, this is kind of a very complicated uh, topic, this last one that you picked for us on Quick Cuts tonight. You know, we talked, uh, obviously we talk about George Lucas and Star Wars all the time, um, but you know, there's uh, there's other films that uh, that he is responsible for that are non-Star Wars related, and uh, I just spoke because uh, I was just on with uh, the ladies uh, over at uh, uh, Force of Light Entertainment. We talked about Willow, 
which was mm-hmm. another uh, you know George Lucas uh, production directed by Ron Howard, and we talked about uh, American Graffiti, which is another one of my f- uh, favorite George Lucas movies. Uh, I just love it, and um, there are definitely uh, you know some similar themes in in George's movies, and mm-hmm. you know having you know having him grow up uh in northern california his father was uh, a businessman his father wanted him to to really you know go into the family business george didn't want to do that and uh he upset he uh, disappointed his father because of it um but uh, you know all these themes that he has in his films even star wars american graffiti willow you know to you know young people try or characters trying to find themselves uh, trying to experiment in life and and try to, you know, explore their own, uh, you know, self worth and things like that. You know, Willow is a great example. American Graffiti obviously is a really great example. If you have not seen American Graffiti, uh, you know, it's it's one of those uh, George Lucas films that is uh, that will probably, you know, be part of his legacy. Um, what other films do you guys, uh, you know, come to mind when you guys think about George Lucas and stuff that is not Star Wars? Um, Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Absolutely. You read my mind. Yeah. Uh, he uh, he also did um, Red Tails. And I know he was uh, an uncredited director for that. He was also the cinematographer for uh, for him. Uh, but I mean, he's done a lot of, you know, executive produced on a lot of things. Sure, but, yeah. Um, you know, my, my original thought was, you know, the evolution of uh, George Lucas. And uh, I'm not sure if he's really evolved all that much. Uh, you know, I was gonna, I was gonna say, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say that because you know, again, all these movies, whether wherever in the timeline of George Lucas you pick, you know, there are similar characters and similar characteristics and similar themes that are going on in all of his movies. Mm-hmm. Um, which I find very fascinating. I think, you know, I don't know. I don't you know. Why, why do you think that? He needs a hug. <laughs> I think uh, this is therapy for him. I mean, I said that about Temple of Doom. Yeah, I said, well, George, you yeah. okay, buddy? Because he was going through some stuff. And I do right. feel that he uses this as therapy. And what a relatable thing to relate to disappointing your parents wanting yeah. to do what you want to do who cannot relate to that so yeah that's yeah. why i think these stories last great great point wow yeah I, I was going to say mind. something similar uh and to touch on something that you said ro uh about uh, you know his dad wanting him to go into uh you know the family business and all of his movies really seem to have that coming of age yeah. uh, and writing of the wrongs mm-hmm. uh, feel to it. Uh, Indiana Jones, his, uh, you know, his thing, it belongs in a museum. Right. Yeah. It's not for personal gain. It's not for 
uh, notoriety, it's because everyone needs to experience whatever artifact that it is. It belongs in a museum. Star Wars, it's another coming of age. Even Indiana Jones was coming of age. Uh, you can basically kind of in reverse order because starts. you see the uh, Last Crusade where it starts off young and then he goes on his adventure. And then you see further adventures in Raiders and Temple of Doom, uh, even the uh, Crystal Skull, uh, where it's the coming of age of not necessarily – um, you know, the indie character, but his son. And, uh, you know, same American Graffiti, all coming of age. You know, they're getting ready to go off into college. And uh, that is his main theme. And he just takes it in a lot of different directions, whether it's sci-fi, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, something more nostalgic with, uh, you know, the, the 50s racers um, or, you know, uh, a little more uh, current with the, uh, you know, 1940s, you know, Indiana Jones, uh, the hardships and the struggles uh, and the coming of age of the, uh, of uh, the Red Tails, the Tuskegee Airmen, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it's so powerful of a concept and we get to see it in so many different forms. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you, you got me thinking, too, of uh, THX 1138 with Robert Duvall. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, talk about self-discovery. Talk about, you know, breaking the mold and trying to be different. I mean, that movie right there, you know, and, and again, that, you know, it wasn't wasn't too critically acclaimed, but it, it, it's got, uh, you know, George Lucas written all over it, literally. I mean, uh, you know this that movie really comes from his brain and um, you know every movie since then has been some sort of variation on the theme but you're right um, and and not that his uh, his voice as a filmmaker hasn't evolved it's just been transformed uh, within each genre mm -hmm. to yeah. to kind of to kind of like I don't know evangelize us in 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 i don't know freeing our minds or seeing things in a different way or trying to think outside the box and i think that's one of the of george lucas's strengths um mm -hmm. and uh that's you know a lot of people joke around with me and they call me a george lucas shill but i think i'm a lucas purist when it comes to the concept of of george's films and i really i think uh i think it it really you know is a testament to how he feels about being young and being, you know, free to explore. And I, I love mm -hmm. it. Yeah, absolutely. Don't you love it, Shanti? My parents want a practical job and the nine to five and this and that. And I want to do the most outrageous thing ever, which is to have an acting career. And that is about as crazy as it gets. I mean, it's not practical. doesn't yeah. fit their idea of what they want me to do. But that's why I say I can relate to Luke Skywalker so much. <laughs> I want to leave that planet just like him. <laughs> like, yeah. So I get it. It's right. relatable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So 
So any uh, final thoughts on our quick cuts uh, topics? Uh, again, you know, we, we pick three topics. We talk about them uh, on a short episode, but uh, this has been really great. We got uh, the trilogies. We got uh, the uh, legacy of George Lucas. We got dinosaurs, uh, all fun stuff. Any final thoughts before we say goodbye? I would say uh, to anyone that's listening, if you ever really want a fun challenge, take one minute and try to come up with three topics, not even necessarily to talk to uh, you know someone else about it, but what are three things that interest you? Uh, whatever's going on in your life, whether it's movies, whether it's books, just take that time for a minute. Think of three things that are really important to you and just kind of focus on those. Anytime your day's going bad, just kind of reflect, you know, hey, What's important to me? You know, how does that relate to me? And what can I do to make my day better? Very nice. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. Mm-hmm. Shanti, what well, about you? Less is more. <laughs> Dinosaurs are awesome. And George Lucas needs a hug. <laughs> and the last thing that I will say, which is completely off topic, but because this is going to hopefully drop on Thursday, I am going to take this time to say that this is Conan O'Brien's last week on TBS. <laughs> his oh, show no. is ending. Thursday's his last show. I am very sad. That man means a lot to me, but he is going to HBO Max, but I want it out on the airwaves that Conan O'Brien, you mean a lot to me. You got me through a lot of hard times. Comedy is a big, big, big part of my life. And I just wanted to get that out there because I really, really do love him. And I don't think he realizes just how loved he is by all of his fans. So, Conan, I'm going to miss you. Have a great final week of shows. So I just want to get that out there. No, that's nice. That's nice. And, uh, you know, I wanted to end the show by giving uh, somebody a shout out. Is there anybody... Uh, in our Twitter lives, uh, I'll start with DJ, that you'd love to, to give a shout-out to somebody that has contributed or somebody that has uh, done something of, of note, uh, you know, in your circle uh, that you'd love to uh, give a shout-out. And Shanti, you can think of someone too. But uh, DJ, what do you think? Oh, shout-out to, and I hate that I'm going to say this, but it's just because he's so much fun and a good friend. Shout out to Camray. Absolutely. For <laughs> just keeping us on the edge of our seat and never knowing what he's going to say or do next. Uh, exactly. He is a treasure. He certainly is. <laughs> you guys are so silly. Yep. Wouldn't have it any other way. Absolutely <laughs> shout out to Camray. Yeah, I don't know where he gets oh, the Lord. time. To do the stuff that he does, but thank uh, thank the maker for Camray. Shanti, what about you? Oh god, I feel like I have like a long list now. And you know what we? And that's the cool thing. Shout out to you. Have... Shout out to Frank. <laughs> shout out to everyone that I've met through Scarif. Uh, Rachel, who is a Reaper girl. I mean, I've you know been listening in on a couple of her uh, live YouTube stuff, which has been a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, everyone basically shout out to the entire red five, uh, network because you guys are a silly bunch and I absolutely love it. 
And it's That's just awesome. nice to, to find my people, like I always say. Yeah, so, absolutely. Nerds unite. <laughs> nerds unite for sure. And you know, I was going to give a special uh, shout out to Reaper Girl 27, Rachel. Uh, I know we all go through some uh, some stuff, um, but uh, if you guys are, are hearing, everybody's hearing this, uh, go give her a follow. She does a lot of uh, great, you know, YouTube things uh, live just to kind of hang out, have a lot of fun. Uh, her, um, what does she call her? Uh, her bro bowl bowls? Challenge. Yeah, bowl challenges are yeah, always bowl challenges. a lot of fun. And she's so, very funny. Uh, she's, she's very, very funny. funny. And, um, you know, gotta love her and Stella. Stella? <laughs> yeah. Stella Stella's our girl. We way off track. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> Sunday night. Absolutely. But, but thank um, you. Thank you, yeah. Rachel. It was needed. It was needed. Absolutely. So, uh, shout out to all our friends. Obviously, we have a long, a very, very long list of people. Uh, we would probably be here all night just uh, saying thank you to everybody. And, um, yeah, that's about it. Uh, I'd like to thank you guys for joining me on the Quick Cuts episode. DJ, where can people find you? Uh, I am on Twitter. Um, I don't remember. Uh, DJ Red 4 on Twitter. <laughs> uh, also, um, Rogue One Radio every week. On Tuesday, uh, we do our live show. And then I do special episodes of Star Wars and Beyond, uh, which is my actual uh, own podcast. I have missed the last two episodes of Rogue One Radio for uh, for the last the last few that you've had, and I really wanted to be at least in the chat because you were you guys were doing a wrap up of the Skywalker saga uh, yes. all the way from the Force Awakens. I really wanted to be in the Last Jedi one. I <laughs> uh, really wanted to sit in on that one, uh, but troublemaker. Um, yeah, absolutely. But I, you know. I, I think I, you know, obviously I had to work. And then the last one, too, I, I just missed it. But uh, definitely uh, keep me in mind. I love watching you guys, and I love watching everyone in Red 5. Shanti, where can people find you? Where can nerds stalk you? Mainly on Twitter. <laughs> Become my second home. I'm also on Instagram, but I'm not a picture person, so Twitter is where you want to find me. <laughs> Excellent. And... Uh, Obviously, you can find Shanti co-hosting with me over here at the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. Find us wherever you get your other favorite podcasts. And that's the Scuttlebutt. We'll see you guys later. Take care. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. <laughs> <laughs>